0: Welcome to FHOP Church, message of the week. We pray you are challenged by the word. For more information, please visit www.fhop.church. All right, turning to Matthew chapter 7. We are sort of going to be ending a sermon series today but we're also sort of starting a new sermon series today. So I didn't know what to do, if this is actually something new or something uh, finishing. It's just kind of this transition point, and I've decided to not officially make this message on the Mount Week 10, but it, best, it basically is. But in Matthew chapter 7, thank you, sir, verse 24, it says this. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house. And it fell, and great was the fall of it. Um, This morning, I'd like to open up talking about politics. How many love talking about politics? Some of you do. You hate that you love talking about it. You love to hate it. That's what you do, right? It fires you up, and you enjoy that fired up feeling you get. You know it's true. Some people just like to feel fired up. Uh, but I'll tell you this, I'm not going to talk about politics in America today. Uh, I'm going to talk about politics in Jesus' day. And if you've been with us for this, this last sermon series we just had, some of this is recap for you. But for those of you who haven't been, this is, this is maybe new to you. I'm not sure. Uh, but Jesus is saying this at the time. He's in Israel these are jewish people and they're being oppressed by the roman government and in walks jesus now you gotta you gotta think about this for just a second the jewish people were expecting a messiah to come and save them they were expecting a christ a messiah to come in and get rid of the romans they were expecting a savior and, and all of us today, we think of Jesus as Savior. But I want you to be keenly aware that when the Jewish people said, we're looking for a Savior, it was different than what we say in church today. When you say, we're looking for a Savior. It, it would be pretty accustomed if you have a friend, probably no one in here today, but if you have a friend that is really into politics, and they think if we can just get this one president elected, it would solve all our problems. Magnify that by a lot because what we don't have is the the roman empire oppressing us um, we might feel like we might be oppressed some of us i'm telling you compared to first century israel we're, we're not we're not um, but these jewish people they were looking for a savior to come and reestablish their kingdom So in walks Jesus, and this is what's crazy, because Jesus is proclaiming this over and over again, the kingdom of God is near, the kingdom of God is near, and so if you're a Jewish person living in that first century, and you hear this man who's kind of doing these crazy awesome miracles, and he's saying the kingdom of God is here, the kingdom of God is near, then you're getting a little bit excited that he's going to establish his kingdom and Get rid of these oppressive Romans. So then Jesus launches into what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And what this is Jesus doing is this Jesus, he's telling people, this is what my kingdom looks like. This is my inaugural address, if you will. These are the things you're going to see in my kingdom if you've been in d groups with us for long you know mark 1 15 probably by heart where jesus says the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of god is at hand repent and believe the gospel everyone say repent say it say it like you mean it repent maybe poke your neighbor and say repent um right so i saw about three or four eye rolls just then like i'm sorry i'll leave you alone <laughs> you know you need to repent um The word repent, it simply means to change your mind. That's it. Change your mind and believe the gospel. Believe the good news. And Jesus, His words are the good news. What I think is crazy is none of us ever wake up in the morning and say, today I'm going to believe a lie. None of us wake up and think, you know, the things I think are wrong. You wake up and you think you're right. That's why you think what you think. You're right and everyone else is wrong. And that's why they admitted Facebook. No one wakes up and says, today I will believe a lie. But the reality is we do. Like if we're honest with ourselves, all of us, have to realize there's something that we believe that isn't right there's something that you think is absolutely true that isn't some of you it's and me it's by choice hopefully not but there's things that we're just ignorant of sometimes in our own belief system that we don't realize but then we're confronted with the word of god and we are confronted with the word of god what the word of god does it Beckons us to change our mind from what we think to what Jesus thinks. Jesus is Lord. What does the word Lord mean? Master. And if Jesus is Lord, then we have to move away from what we think and what we believe to what Jesus says. So we come to this passage here in Matthew chapter 7 where Jesus is talking. And what's crazy is when he gets done talking, it says in verse 28, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teachings, for he was teaching them as one who had authority, not as their scribes. Jesus was saying all these things with the authority of the king that he is. So go back and read the Sermon on the Mount. But don't read it as this meek little Jesus guy that you see in some of the old Jesus films and movies. But read it as a king who's declaring his kingdom. And here and here he says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them, say, does them, will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And this is what I think is crazy. In verse 25 and in verse 27, it says the same thing. It says, the rain fell and the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house. Y'all, the same things happened to both houses. One was on the rock, one was on the sand, and both experienced the same trouble. You cannot believe that if you give your life to Christ and you build your life on Christ, that trouble will never come we falsely assume that sometimes God I'm serving you why did you let this happen to me it's not fair God I've been living my life for you I've been serving for you why is everything so hard right now but God never promised us us in fact Jesus said in this world you will have troubles You will have troubles. I wish I could tell you that if you give your life to Jesus, all your troubles will go away, but it's not the thing. I mean, guys, this house would be packed if that was the case. Like, have you seen those Christians never have any problems ever? Like, they all have tons of money. They all have great cars. Their kids always listen. No troubles at all. I want what they have. Paul said it like this in Acts chapter 14. It says that he said that it's through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. Through many tribulations, that means trouble. That means hardship, we enter the kingdom of God. Hey, when you're going through a hard time, guess what? You're going into the kingdom of God. In fact, I would dare say if you're living a life free of trouble, i'm not sure you're moving towards the kingdom of god in fact maybe the enemy is like you know let's leave him alone he's doing just fine kind of like job's wife at camp um i'll tell you something the outlet springs is my favorite place on the planet i love that place i may have been to the church camp before um we have Ashley here with us today, one of our friends from camp. Um, it's one of my favorite places in the world, and what I love to do is I, um, I love to play games with these kids. Um, one game that we play a lot at camp is Simon Says, and, and here's the thing. When you walk into the campground, you have all these teenagers and middle schoolers or whatever, depending on what age group you're in, and they all walk in and they're cool, right? And they don't want anyone to think they're dumb, right? I'm I'm cool. And so I'm the activities director. My first point of business is to let everyone know that none of them are cool. And so we walk in, and the first thing we do is we do the dumbest stuff you've ever seen in your life. Like within the first hour, you got these guys clucking like chickens and screaming like monkeys and everything else, and they're all doing it. And it's just to break the ice and break down this hole. there's not going to be the cool guys that do nothing in the... Uh, what we're all going to just act like idiots this week and it it sets the tone and the culture for the whole week and one of the games we like to play a lot is Simon Says and it's really fun watching these 17 year old like football players jocks trying to win Simon Says (laughs) with a bunch of 13 year old girls like they're just they just get into it they just get into it and it's a lot of fun um but over the years coming to find out my two daughters, Kai and Kayla, I cannot beat them at Simon Says. I can't. Like, I can get out the entire camera. One of my favorite moves is like, all right, you guys ready to play Simon Says? Like, yeah. Like, I was like, all right, we're starting. Uh, if you're ready, raise your hand. And almost everyone raises their hand. You're out, right? Because I'm a jerk, and I'm going to get you out for dumb stuff. My daughters, I can't beat them. You know why? They know me. We've played so many times. Uh, when I used to serve over in the children's church, we would play Simon Says over there. I've played so many times. It's them, and there's a a, a young lady in their name, Ashlyn Ritchie, and she's grown up from little tiny into that camp, and she's played every year. I can't get her out either because she's, she's done this so many times. She knows me. She knows my tricks. She knows what I'm about to say. She knows my ploys. Guys, did you know this is similar to the lord the more we know him the more we know his voice the easier it is to follow his instruction like the reason my daughters are so good is because they're so used to listening to me and my instruction they have an unfair advantage turn with me to john chapter 10 and listen to this it's in verses 22 through 30 says at that time the feast of dedication took place at jerusalem so i, I just want to pause so some of you guys are like that means nothing to me guys this is an important time of year for the jewish people it's an important feast at an important place in an important city is that, are you guys with me so far it'd be like if saying let's all go have a celebration at the white house right it's important it was winter and jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of solomon so the jews gathered around and said to him how long will you keep us in suspense if you are the christ tell us plainly now what are they doing here they're like how long are you going to make us wait if you're the one that's going to save us if you're this savior if you're the one that's going to create this new kingdom stop holding out on us, we need to know, and we need to know now, and this is what Jesus says, I told you, and you do not believe, the works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe, because you are not among my sheep, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, so follow me, And he says, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hands. My Father, who has given them to me, is is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hands. I and the Father are one. Now, to you, that might just be like, that's a good little lesson on a Sunday morning. To them, it made them so angry, they picked up rocks with intent to kill him. which is weird to me because they were like hey we'd really like you to go ahead and establish your kingdom and jesus is saying actually i'm one with the father he's basically saying i'm god And they're like whoa 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 we just wanted you to get rid of the romans not be god and the reason it made him angry is because they weren't one of his sheep I and mean, here's what jesus says it's kind of like i was saying with my daughters just a little bit ago He says, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. When my sheep hear my voice, they follow me. Go with me to Luke. Luke chapter 5. It's the story of Peter and when he meets Jesus. He also goes by Simon. He says On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. They were done fishing for the night. Getting into the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from land. And he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have toiled all night and took nothing. What he's saying is this is a dumb idea. Some of you won't be obedient to the word of the Lord. And that's what we're talking about today is the word of the Lord. The king, right? We're talking about the king establishing his kingdom. Some of you won't be obedient to the word of the Lord because you think what he's asking you to do is dumb. he says go and make disciples but you won't go he says sing to the lord new song but you won't sing he says lift your hands you won't lift your hands he says like isaiah 61 preach you won't preach because you're like well someone someone else's job or it's dumb i don't understand i don't understand it because i don't understand it. i'm not going to do it but listen to this this is what peter says master we have toiled all night and took nothing But listen to this, but at your word I will let down the nets. I don't care if it makes sense to you or not. If the Lord says it, you should do it. Not if, but listen, not if Drew says it. Not if Cole says it. If if the Lord is telling you to do something, you do it. And there's things explicitly in here. Like go and sing and preach and lift hands. And there's things that are explicitly in here. And we refuse and we hold back because it doesn't make sense to us. And this is what happens. When they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking and they signaled to their partners and the other boat to come and help them. And when they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink, but when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down on his knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who are with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken and excuse me and so also were James and John the sons of Zebedee who were partners with Simon and Jesus said to Simon do not be afraid from now on you will be catching men and when they had brought their boats to land they left everything and followed him and and another time it says Jesus actually looked at Peter says now follow me and guess what he did he followed him like there's this point of your life just like we read about the sheep where jesus said my sheep know my voice and then they do what they follow me if you're not following jesus it's because you are not hearing his voice and this morning we we all have to ask ourselves is why am i not hearing the voice of the lord because sometimes we think what he's saying is dumb i i there's a story over and you don't have to turn there it's in second kings chapter five it's about naaman he's this he's this great commander and he goes to see the man of god elisha and as he goes to elisha's house and he's he's the reason he's going is because he has a, a disease called leprosy and he needs to be healed and so he travels all the way to elisha's house And when he gets there, Elisha won't even come out of the house to greet him. He sends his messenger outside and tells him to go wash yourself in the Jordan River seven times. And Naaman is ticked off because this is dumb. And he says, don't we have better rivers back home? Which is true. Jordan River is kind of a muddy, dirty river. Don't we have better rivers back home? and his servants actually plead with him and say look we've come all this way we might as well do what the man of god said and the way the story ends is with him humbling himself enough to the word of the man of god and dipping himself in the river seven times i guess what happens when he pops up out of the river the seventh time he is healed because he listened to the word of the lord sometimes the word of the lord will come through other people and sometimes it'll sound dumb. And I know for me in this last season of my life when, man, there was days where I was feeling crummy. And the Lord brought the right people at the right time of my life to speak life to me. And I had to listen to the word of the Lord even when I didn't agree with it. And I would not be standing here today if it wasn't for that. When the Lord speaks, we must listen, because He is the Lord. I'll read this one to you quickly for the sake of time in James chapter 1. It says this, it says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And this is the part that kills me as a pastor who gets up here Sunday after Sunday, and I can preach on the same stuff over and over and over and over and over, and then people go away unchanged. And I think about this verse all the time that people are not doers of the word they are hearers only and they're deceiving themselves because they think just because i walked into the doors of a church i'm doing okay it's not just this church but it's churches all across our nation and our world it says for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. It's like I look at myself in the mirror and I see there's things I need to change my mind about. I look at myself in that mirror and I know there's, there's a booger on my face or my hair's out of place or whatever it is. And instead of adjusting, I just turn around and forget it completely. But then it says this, it says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And y'all, it's this right here, why in our small groups, in our, our disciple making groups, why we so intently push like, okay, what is the word saying? Now, what are you going to do? what are you going to do what is your plan of action and this is something we have to come back to over and over again and some of us might be like man we know this message we know this story we've we've heard this but y'all this is like the scripture tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god and that word hearing is a perfect present verb it means it's happening right now in the moment all the time it can't be faith comes by having heard in the past it comes by hearing right now that means every day we must be getting into this word and letting it challenge our hearts and if you're sitting here this morning say but it's hard for me to understand the bible it's hard for me to really get into it that's that's why we have things like sunday morning service that's why we have things like small groups so we can sit down and say okay what does this mean and we're like i don't know well let's dig into it let's really eat this word and find out what it's really trying to say and not beat each other up with it That's what I think is so crazy about that James passage. It calls it the law of liberty. So many people, when they hear uh, about Christianity, they think it's all these rules, all these laws that weigh you down. I was actually listening to a lady give a testimony of of her life. She, She said, I was an atheist, and then I came to Christ. And she goes, when I was an atheist... I thought Christians were the most unhappy people. Not, and then she goes, but I didn't really know any of them. I I stayed away from them. I just in my mind imagined them as these unhappy people who were always trying, like, well I have to keep all these rules and I can't drink and I can I, I can't smoke pot and I you know I, I can't go out partying and I, I I can't have, you know, sex unless I'm married. Like and like this heaviness. She goes But then I came to Christ myself, and I realize the liberty and freedom. Like, like I love Jesus. And there's freedom in this. There's freedom in obeying His words. And that's so crazy. Does it make sense? No, it doesn't make sense. It is not logical at all. It is 0% logical. That if I obey all of... like. If I love Jesus, I want to obey all these rules. I concede. It defies logic. But what I can tell you is I can point you to person after person in this room and and other believers, friends that we all have that aren't in this room today, that as they serve Christ and as they surrender their will and their ways to the Word of God, they find freedom and life. You know what the scripture tells us in Hebrews? That this right here is alive and active. It's different than any book you've ever picked up. And as you grab a hold of it, it will change your life. No matter how dumb it seems or how hard it seems, there's hope and life right here. One thing that a want to bring to you this morning and um, we'll go to luke chapter 6 and can you come up please and i'll end with this in luke chapter 6 i i want to say maybe my simon says analogy doesn't work so great because in simon says what happens if you uh get it wrong you're out you got it wrong you're out In fact, that's my favorite part at church camp is when someone gets it wrong. I get to point at the kid and go, you're out. And those kids will just melt like, "Mm." I love it. Can I tell you something? What's so good about our God is he is gracious. And guess what? If you don't do what Simon says, it's not, you're out it's not that at all there's this place in james that tells us that if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness it's a do-over right so if if the word of god tells us to do something and and we get it wrong there's grace and there's mercy that we get to start again and what happens is this weird thing they talk about it in romans chapter six it's like You'd think this grace and mercy would just give permission to people just to keep sinning and sinning. Well, I have grace anyway. I'll just keep sinning again. But that's not what happens. If you truly encounter the grace of God, what happens is the more you experience it, the more you're like, man, I I don't want to keep living this way because of His grace. Where did that grace come from? It came from Jesus dying on the cross. And the more you experience that grace through Jesus' death on the cross, you realize, I, I can't keep doing this to him. I love him. And we surrender to his word and his ways. What it, I love is in Luke chapter 6, it's the same story told again. And it's Jesus, and he says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord? and not do what I tell you see here's the thing we love the idea of Jesus being savior we love the grace we love the mercy but then this idea of he, him being Lord we push back on that right we don't do what he says why do you call me Lord Lord and not do what i tell you everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them i'll show you what he is like it gives a similar version of the story says he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock and when the flood arose the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built but the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground with a foundation when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of the house was great." Do you see the difference in this one? If not, I'll tell you. In this one, it wasn't just this guy built his house on the rock and this guy on the sand. In this one, it's he had to dig down through the dirt to get to the bedrock, to get to the foundation. And I can, can I tell you this morning, some of us have some dirt in our lives that we think, you know, it's too hard getting rid of that part. It's too hard moving that out of the way. I'm just going to go ahead and build my house right here. Like we, some of us, we have to make decisions about different things. And instead of consulting the word of the Lord, we consult our friends. Some of them are, Good Christian friends but instead of taking us to the word they just give us their opinion and leadership let me challenge you something that still should be a thing in our vocabulary is that when we give each other advice we should always be reminded of the Word of God first I'm reminded in the Word of God that it says because when we do that what we're doing is we're building our house on the rock but sometimes what we have to do first is begin to dig away the dirt that we've believed that isn't the Word of God. Things that we've put our faith and trust in for so long and, you know, it's never never bothered me before. You know what breaks my heart when you see these houses on TV that get flooded? It's like, well, it's never flooded here before. Living here like this has been good so far until it isn't. And can I tell you this morning, the day of trouble will come. And what dirt are you building on? I have to believe that all of us, at least in some area of our life, there's something that we're relying more on the dirt than the rock underneath. Even me, as I was studying for this, it it convicted me, and I was like, oh, I'm listening more to the opinions of man on this issue than the Word of God. That's me building on dirt. It's time to dig or get that dirt out of the way and get down to the bedrock. Will you stand with me? And if you just bow your heads and close your eyes, because I want you to take a moment and reflect on your own life. The Lord is speaking. For some of you, He's saying things that are profound and heavy, and you know you need to adjust in. Some of you, He's speaking to you things that it just sounds dumb to you. But it's the word of the Lord. And some of us, like me, you're, you're building on dirt. You're building on sand. One thing I struggle with greatly is the opinions of other people. To the point where sometimes it brings me anxiety. What I have to do over and over again is remind myself of the Word of the Lord. Things like Proverbs 29, 25, that says, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts the Lord is safe. Things like Hebrews 13, 6, that says, So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me like Matthew 10, 28, and do not fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who destroyed both the soul and body in hell. And so what I say to myself over and over over again is the Lord is my helper, I will only fear him. And this is based on the rock of the word of God. And so when I feel anxiety rising up inside my heart and I want to begin to build my house on a sandy area that says oh my gosh what if they what if they think this about me or what if they say that about me i have to remind myself again and again that the lord is my helper i will only fear him the lord is my helper i will only fear him until there's times i'm actually driving down the road screaming in my little car the lord is my helper i will only fear him and i say it over and over until i believe the word of the lord more than the opinions of others or even myself. I will build my house on the rock. I will build my house on the rock. This morning, if you would, would you just reach over and touch the shoulder of someone close to you? And will you just Pray for them and pray that they would be someone, they would have confidence to trust the word of the Lord more than anything else in their life, to trust the word of the Lord even when it doesn't make sense or it seems outrageous or foolish. Father God, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that you are a great and merciful God. Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Lord God, we know that the the enemy would, would like to come and steal the word of the Lord. But God, I pray this morning that we would be a people of good ground that as we hear the word of the Lord it would be implanted deep inside of us, Lord God, and it would take root and grow in and out of us and bear much fruit. Lord God, we thank you what you did when you went to the cross to take all of our sin and our shame. Lord God, we trust your word that declares us righteous before you because of the cross more than we believe the lies that we're not worthy. We trust your word that says that we are more than overcomers because just as you rose from the dead, God, we are your sons and daughters. We are just like you. We are overcomers. Now, y'all, this is the thing this morning. As we go from this place, we gotta be not just hearers, but doers. So here's my challenges for you. One, get in the Word of God every day. Get in the Word of God every day. I'm, I'm preaching this today as a launching point of where we're going next. That we're gonna base everything we say and do out of the Word of God Get in the Word of God every day. Here, here's my next challenge to you. If you're like, man, I, I struggle understanding the Word, then, then you need to find another man or woman of God that can walk with you and you can get in the Word of God together. And that's the whole reason we have D groups. It's so we can get in the Word of God together. Let iron sharpen iron. And then three is this let the Word of God come out of you like speak it speak it into your own situation speak it to yourself when you're alone speak it to your family members like man they're just going to think I'm trying to sound super religious and stuff so I will fear God not man right so like well I haven't been the kind of person who quotes scripture scripture in the past well you are today right just start today just be that man or woman of God And declare the word of the Lord. It is alive, it is active, and it will change your life. Father God, we thank you for bringing us together today. God, as we go from this place, God, let us be a light to the world. Lord, I pray this week as we sit with you in prayer and in the word, that we would know you and we would find freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, including service times, contact information, and online giving, please visit www.fhop.church.